morning and welcome to Holy Trinity Lutheran Church this morning. As we continue in this green season of our church year, we may feel like we're scattered like seed across the city and across this world, really, as people tune in to our service here from all around the world. But we want to give us a chance to, to see that embodied gathering, to feel the sense of everyone gathered here this morning. So while we're in Zoom, I invite you, as we get started here, to enter into gallery view. If you don't know where that is, that's up in the right-hand corner of your Zoom screen. You can switch from speaker view to gallery view. And I invite you to wave at one another. Say hello. Greet one another this morning on this Lord's Day. Great. And as you do that, I want you to know that you are welcome here, no matter who you are or where you're from, no matter the color of your skin or who you love or marry, no matter your gender identity, your age, your ability, your documentation status, or even how you feel about organized church or religion. We hope that this virtual gathering for this morning is a place where you can feel God's presence and where you can experience God's mystery in your life. Another note about our Zoom service this morning is that we encourage you, we ask you to remain on mute during the entire service, except for when the worship leader instructs you uh, to unmute. And so the mute button is down in the lower left-hand corner of your Zoom screen, and it's a little microphone there, and you can click that so that it has the red line through it. And that'll just help with all of the sound uh, for our entire worship service. So as we begin this worship, I just invite you to take a deep breath, to prepare your hearts and minds as we begin with our gathering here. our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. 
and also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for planting in us the seed of your word. By your Holy Spirit, help us to receive it with joy, live according to it, and grow in faith and hope and love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Genesis. These are the descendants of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean of Paddan Aram, sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer, and his wife Rebekah conceived. The children struggled within her, and she said, If it is to be this way, why do I live? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples born of you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other the elder shall serve the younger. When her time to give birth was at hand, there were twins in her womb. The first came out all red, all his body like a hairy mantle. So they named him Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand gripping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man, living in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he was fond of game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking a stew, Esau came in from the field and he was famished. Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stuff for I am famished. Therefore he was called Edom. Jacob said, First, sell me your birthright. Esau said, I am about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Then Esau despised his birthright. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light upon my path. I have sworn and determined to keep your righteous judgments. I am deeply troubled. Preserve my life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, O Lord, the willing tribute of my lips, and teach me your judgments. My life is always in danger, yet I do not forget your teaching. The wicked have set a trap for me, but I have not strayed from your commandments. Your decrees are my inheritance forever. Truly they are the joy of my heart. I have applied my heart to fulfill your statutes forever and to the end. 
A reading from Romans. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, sending God's own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and to deal with sin. God condemned sin in the flesh so that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit, since the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, through the, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies, also through the spirit dwelling in you. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Here, then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet, such a person has no root, but only endures for a while. And then, when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but, care, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case, a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. 
Growing up, I loved <clears throat> the musical Grease. And in the climactic drag race scene between Danny Zuko of the T-Birds and Leo Balmuto of the Scorpions, just before they take off, Leo looks out the window to Danny and says out of his car, rules are, there ain't no rules. <laughs> and it's such a cheesy line, but we loved it growing up. And me and my siblings, we would always say that line to each other and laugh at how ridiculous it sounds, especially when you say it with the same dramatic tone that Leo in the film uses. Rules are, there ain't no rules. But I was reminded of this line <clears throat> as I was preparing this sermon today. Because over and over in our scripture texts, we either have characters breaking or bending the rules, or we're being told by Paul in Romans that we've been set free from the law, or we could say the rules of sin and death. Take, for instance, Jacob in our story from Genesis today. We heard last week about the love story between Isaac and Rebekah, Jacob's parents. And this week, we now have Isaac and Rebekah's birth story. After their waiting, God blesses them with two sons, twins, Esau and Jacob. Even at birth, though, we know that this story won't be the conventional play-by-the-rules, firstborn inheritance story. As Jacob comes out of Rebekah's womb with his hand on Esau's heel, thus indicating Jacob's desire to upset Esau's status as the firstborn son, birth, the social customs and the expectations that would favor the firstborn. Later in the story, Jacob gets his opportunity to steal his older brother's birthright. He exploits this moment of tiredness after Esau comes home from a long day in the field. Esau is vulnerable and famished, and in his weakened state, Jacob convinces Esau to swear his birthright to Jacob in exchange for some stew that Jacob has prepared. Jacob seizes this opportunity here to break the birthright rules and in a less than compassionate way to his brother's needs and in a rather deceitful way, if you ask me. And while I don't want to emulate Jacob's compassionless deceit in this story, in the spirit of this kind of rule-breaking first reading, that we have. I'm not going to preach by the rules today. Instead, I'm not going to preach with the text, this parable of the sower that we have in our gospel today. Instead, I'm going to preach against this text. Because I'm not going to lie, this text brings up some anxiety for me when I start wondering, what kind of soil am I in this parable? Because reading this text at face value, it can leave you with an overwhelming fear that you may not be like the good soil. Like, how do we even assess what kind of shape our soil is in? I don't know about you, but for me, all of a sudden my mind rushes to the conclusion that maybe God has been planting seeds in me and they haven't lived because the soil of my life is rocky or thorny or being invaded by birds. But when my mind goes, to that place of fear, anxiety, the grace that I can turn to, it can be summed up in a quote by the great Jeff Goldblum from the classic film Jurassic Park. Life finds a way. And what I mean by this is that I know life is stronger than death. So instead of fretting over the soil of my life and trying and failing to make it ready to receive the seeds that God is sowing, I can trust that no matter the soil of my life, that life will find a way within it. Tupac Shakur, the rapper, he wrote a poem that eloquently captures the essence of this resilient life force. His poem is called The Rose That Grew From The Concrete. And it, grows, and it goes like this. Did you hear about the rose that grew from from a crack in the concrete, proving nature's law wrong. It learned to walk without having feet. Funny, it seems, by keeping its dreams, it learned to breathe fresh air. 
Long live the rose that grew from concrete when no one else even cared. In the third line of that poem, Tupac writes that the rose that grew from the crack in the concrete, it proved nature's rules wrong. In other words, the rose doesn't play by the rules of nature. It grows where it's not, quote-unquote, supposed to grow. It grows despite being planted in a crack in the concrete. Dear people, that is the way of God, making a way where there is no way. And that's why God, our sower in our text today, God is not stingy with the seeds. Because God can bring life from anywhere, even the most death-stricken places, even the worst soil. God's abundant sowing of seed from the outside, it looks almost reckless especially in light of today's agricultural practices where farmers plant just the right amount of seed in just the right soil with just the right placing using GPS systems to produce the best harvest. In contrast, God, our sower, is just spreading seed willy-nilly all over the soil, even in the cracks in the concrete. And to our efficiency-minded brains, that's just wasteful. God is breaking all the rules of restraint and efficiency here. But in God's reality, the rules of scarcity do not apply. Because in God's reality, there is only abundance. Whether the soil is ideal or not, God spreads the seed liberally. Because God knows that life will find a way where there is no way. The rules of death cannot stop this life from happening. No bird can snatch away that seed of life. No sun can scorch the roots of that life. No thorn can choke that life from finding a way. And what a countercultural contrast this provides to our current world, where the rules of sin and death seemingly have a hold on us. We witness fascist appeals to law and order, and politicians falling over each other to try and establish themselves as the law and order candidate, especially in response to the recent uprising of Black Lives Matter protests. We've heard this law and order phrase repeated over and over. Just a cursory dive into the history of that phrase reveals its roots in racism. Using the Southern strategy to increase support among white voters by appealing to racism in a time when racial tensions were deepened following the end of Jim Crow, the civil rights movement, and the race riots of the 60s. It was Richard Nixon who was really one of the first politicians to use this phrase, to leverage that phrase to win the presidency in 68. And it's not just the history of this law and order phrase that is problematic, but the real racist oppression of mass incarceration and police brutality that is waged upon our black, indigenous, and siblings of color when this phrase is wielded by those in power. It leaves me wondering, how can we as Christians even call for law and order and entrust such a racist system to deliver justice. So instead of calling for law and order, I say we must call out law and order for what it is, a racist dog whistle. Because as followers of Christ, we have been set free from the laws of sin and death. And in the famous words of Leo Balmuto from Greece, the rules are, there ain't no rules. Just our response to the love and grace we have experienced through Christ's death and resurrection. Christ is victorious over death and has sown in us a victory garden with seeds of freedom planted in the soil of our life, watered by our baptism. And these seeds, they give way to life-giving fruit through the example of the rule breakers in our scripture today, like Jacob and Paul 
and even God, our profligate sower. We are invited to not follow the rules, but instead to follow Christ. And through following Christ, we respond to that love and grace we have in Christ by extending that love and grace to others. Amen. Again, a very warm welcome to all of you who are worshiping with us today. Whether this is your first time here or you're just checking us out from far away, uh, please know that we are here. There's just a couple of announcements this morning. First of all, an invitation to join us after worship today for Soundbites presentation 
which will begin around 1045. After we have a brief time for some um, coffee hour and socializing with one another, I'll be presenting on the anniversary of the ordination of women in the ELCA. It was 50 years ago that the Lutheran church bodies decided to allow for the ordination of women. And um, so I'm gonna be sharing a little bit of that history and some of my own personal experience. And I'll um, share some hopes that we have for the future. And then next week, Pastor Ben will be presenting on police accountability. And so he'll ask the provocative question and the title of his presentation is, do you have to support defund the police to be an anti-racist? So plan on joining us next Sunday after worship as well. For those of you that have college students, I hope you know someone who's about to send their child to college for the first time. Please let them know that Pastor Ben will be um, presenting along with other campus pastors, um, taking faith to college. And that presentation will be via Zoom on Wednesday night at July 15th. So for any of these community gatherings, you can always find out more information from us um, on our website, htchicago.org. So please go there for always the most up-to-date information about our, our gatherings that we're having here. Now finally, I just want to give a word of thanks. Um, thanks for your continued generosity during this time. We are so thankful for the ways that you have blessed this community by giving online or sending in your checks or using the Venmo app. And, um, so we just, uh, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And also to invite you to give as a loose offering, which this week will go to One North Side. It's a community organizing um, group that works on the North Change um, in our communities here. And so we ask that you support with your loose offering. Again, that can be done via Venmo or online, um, the One North Side. And now I would like to invite Betty Gilfoyle to give us her uh, faith story. Thank you, Betty. Singing has always been something that brought me joy and made me feel a sense of belonging. When I was a small child, my father would pick me up and sit me on the table in front of him after dinner, where he and I would sing songs like, You Are My Sunshine, me singing melody and him singing harmony. My grandmother taught me songs from her childhood and we would sing them together again with harmony. Her favorite was Greensleeves a song, and a song about a lonely soldier boy. When I was 12, I got a guitar for my birthday and took lessons. That was really special because with a guitar, I could sing along with it and learn all kinds of songs from the folk singers I loved from the 60s and 70s. I also joined the folk group at church where I got to sing for the first time with others in community. I joined the Glee Club when I attended Regis College. Here I found a home, a place where I belonged, a place that gave me my first leadership opportunity a place that allowed me to develop my love of singing great classical music from Bach and Handel with full orchestra to a cappella madrigals to works of modern day composers like Randall Thompson. And it was there I met the love of my life singing in a combined concert with the men's glee club from Worcester Polytech. Bill and I have been singing together ever since. We've sung at weddings in shows at piano bars and for 10 years with Corral, Connecticut. And then we moved to Georgia and somehow the singing stopped. We were busy. Our kids and jobs kept us really busy. We would periodically look for a church with a good choir, but in the deep South, it was difficult to find a church with a great choir and progressive ideas. We finally gave up stopping and searching. In 2015, we moved to Chicago and in 2016, we were invited to a wedding at Holy Trinity Lutheran Church. When the organ began to play, we were smitten. When the pastor began the service, we were in awe. We looked at each other and said, we've got to come back and see if this is for real. And it was. The choir was phenomenal. We thought, could we join it? Were we too rusty? It had been 12 years since we had sung at all. Well, some people reached out to see if we would be interested. And so we finally joined in the fall of 2017. We were rusty. And thanks to all who put up with our dusty pipes and breathlessness, you made us feel at home. And here we are, 2020, quarantined without choir, 
without the weekly camaraderie of song, lame jokes, and the joy of singing with an amazing group of talented musicians. We mourn, we long, and we wonder. When will we be, when will we be able to sing again in church and with this fabulous choir? I know in my heart that we will sing again, maybe in six months, maybe a year. In the meantime, we get to sing every Sunday in our home as we attend church via Zoom. We see the faces of our friends and hear the inspiring soloists and instrumental musicians. Bill and I have also had the opportunity to sing with two virtual choirs. One was the, with the Association of Lutheran Church Musicians that you all got to hear on Pentecost Sunday. Was that the same? No. Is it a way to participate in making joyful music in the meantime? Yes. While we are waiting, we should all embrace opportunities that present themselves. We might learn a new skill or find out we can do something we didn't know we could do. One thing, one thing I know for sure is music can touch our hearts create a sense of belonging, and help us find true love, and give us the feeling of being home. together in the Spirit's embrace, let us pray for the mending of God's world. Gracious God, we give thanks for your living word that goes out and does not return empty. Unite us in faith, witness, and mission. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For land, creatures, and people suffering from drought, the gentle rain bring life and hope. For mountains, hills, and the trees of the field, that all creation clap for joy. Lord, in your mercy. For nations suffering due to poverty, violence, and pandemic. For exiles and refugees and all who seek safety and fullness of life. Lord, in your mercy. 
for victims and perpetrators of race-based crime, for all who suffer sorrow, illness, or injury, especially those we name by unmuting or entering in the chat feature. justice, healing, and new life by the power of your spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all who face conflict among family members, make us signs of the reconciliation you offer us in Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In thanksgiving for all the faithful departed, especially Blessed Mary and Bartolome de las Casas, Give comfort and confidence to all who mourn. Lord, in your mercy. All these things and whatever else you see that we need, we entrust to your care through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Now we give thanks for the word of God. Praise and thanks to you, holy God, for by your word you made all things. You spoke light into darkness, called forth beauty from chaos, and brought life into being. For your word of life, O God, we give, give you, you thanks, thanks and, and praise. praise. By your word, you called your people Israel to tell of your wonderful gifts, freedom from captivity, water on the desert journey, a pathway home from exile, wisdom for life with you. For your word of life, O oh God, we, we give, give you, you thanks, thanks and, and praise. Through Jesus, your word made flesh, you speak to us and call us to witness. Forgiveness through the cross, life to those entombed by death, the way of your self-giving love. For your word of life, O oh God, we, we give, give you, you thanks, thanks and praise. praise. Send your spirit of truth, O oh God, Rekindle your gifts within us, renew our faith, increase our hope, and deepen our love for the sake of the world in need. Faithful to your word, O God, draw near to all who call on you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, you and the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And now as a sign of our openness to the Divine Spirit, we open our hands as we pray. With trust in God who nourishes and sustains us, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you in your going out and your coming in, from this time forth forevermore. Amen. peace. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Thanks be to God. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. 
take this time now to unmute yourselves and put yourself in gallery view and let's wave to one another and share the peace. 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 Peace.